Welcome to the Temple of Glory Community Church, where the Word of God is never compromised. At this time, our pastor, Bishop Matthew Odom Sr., will deliver the message for the people of God. Please like, share, and subscribe morning, to this message. To the hungry, to the faithful, to the believers, from this sermon thought in the form of a question, are you ready for your miracle? Are you ready? I need some audience participation. Today is not a Sadiddy Sunday. Look at somebody and ask them, are you ready for your, not a, your? And see, I'm boasting in the Lord to begin with because I did not say in a miracle. I'm, I'm talking about a miracle with your name. I'm going to work with the 19 of y'all that came to have some serious church. The rest of you guys, I'll be out of your way when I get through. But I, I, I don't know about y'all, but I, I need God. Are you, are you ready for your miracle? And nobody's told you, yes, I am. Believe it or not, 10 years ago, I wrote a book entitled Mending Nets that every member of Temple of Glory should have. Uh huh. But the Lord blessed and gave us an anointing uh, to talk in those 100 or so pages about the importance of restoration and reconciliation. How important it is for folk to kiss and make up and not to hold grudges for weeks, months, years, <laughs> decades. It, it spoke about the need for reconciliation within the family structure on a corporate basis and, and most importantly in the church. We don't want to talk about it, but you'd be amazed at, at churches that are divided. Folk calling on the same God and can't get along with each other. You said something that I didn't like. I replied not knowing whether you really said it or not. We, 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 we're guilty. We're guilty of allowing third-person rascals to terrorize our homes and our families. And it's, it's, it's extremely important as believers for us to walk in reconciliation, to be restored. Uh, we need to be restored back to God. And, and we need to be restored one to another. So the 
process of building confidence and faith uh, can be renewed. But this morning, uh, I, I call your attention to the text that I used in writing that book, but for a different reason. This morning, I would like to invite you to go with your pastor, and I'm, 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 I'm going to need your, your creative genius with this because we're going to kind of float between thoughts and between statements. And we start in verses 1 and 2. And all I want to do is set the stage and, and bring something to your attention that, I don't know, maybe, perhaps, you're not thought about Elder Mario before. In the Christian Standard Bible, we are told that Jesus is continuing in his victory tour. It is a tour that involves not only preaching, but signs and wonders. Miracles are performed because there are things that we learn in Matthew, Mark, and John that Luke doesn't bother to mention. For example, by the time we get to Luke chapter 5, Jesus has already turned the water into wine. By the time we, we get here, Jesus has healed several lepers. By the time we get here, Jesus has shown himself able to do some great things. This is also the passage of Scripture where Jesus solidifies his relationship with his quote-unquote would-be disciples. It appears theologically that Peter and the boys had already met up with Jesus earlier, but Elder Cal, they had not fully committed themselves. But by the time Luke 5 uh, verses 1 through 11 is over, there is no doubt in their minds uh, Peter and the boys are going to walk with Jesus. Are you ready for your miracle? So then we look at verse 2. And in verse 2, Jesus, who's been preaching on the mountainside, he's been preaching in the plains, today he's about to preach on the shore. And it appears that there's a great crowd there so much so that they're pressing against the master. And what am I to do? Jesus says, I know. I see two boats. And I'm going to use one of them as a pulpit. Now, I'm taking liberties here. God forgive me. This, to me, has to be a Bible study because the scriptures say that when Jesus got in the boat, he sat down and taught. Y'all got to find my rocking chair so I can. He sits. He sits and, and, and he begins to talk. My argument, Jackie, for today is this. In verse 2, the Bible says that Jesus sees these two boats the edge of the lake. And after the semicolon, 
we see where the fishermen had gotten out of their boats to wash, to mend, and doing a little digging, I found out, to stretch their nets. Two boats, Jesus is going to use one of them. He walks up. There is Simon Peter on the shoreline, which means he ain't in the boat. He's taking his nets out of the boat to wash them, to stretch them, to mend them. Now, y'all stay with me because this, this, this may sound quite hyperbolic and, and in essence it is hyperbole because we're kind of exaggerating but what I want to share with you if it in fact is hyperbole it's germane to the text I'll show you in a minute there's Peter and there's some more disciples I'm sure because there are two boats and they had to have workers so the boats for the time being are vacant the, 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 the fishermen are washing their nets, mending their nets, stretching their nets. Now, before I go any further, for those of you that are listening, let me share this with you. Peter, who would be the head or lead disciple, along with James and John, sons of Zebedee, along with Andrew, they were what we would call commercial fishermen. Margaret, they did this for a living. Come on, y'all. And the Bible would have us to know that when Jesus sees them, he's got something else in mind. Yeah, he's going to teach the crowd that's there, but he also needs some help. He needs some disciples. He needs some number twos. He needs some folk that he can depend on. And the Bible says that he walks up and he says to Peter, would you push your boat out just a little, just a little, so I can sit in it and I can teach. Are y'all with me? Peter stops what he's doing shoves the boat out just a little because Jesus is going to use the water as an amplifier. The still water becomes his sound system, Ronnie. Reckon Jesus had reverb? Oh, he's Jesus. He had whatever he want, right? And so there... Jesus is sitting in the boat teaching and the folk are, are, are wrapped with attention, hanging on every word that he says. Now, let me share this with you, Maya. Fishermen, in order for them to be successful, had to make sure that their nets were in tip 
top condition. I just need nine folk that, 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 that want to ride just for a little while. <sighs> Whether they caught fish or not, it was essential for them to make sure after every fishing trip, the nets are washed, the nets are mended, the nets are stretched. Please say this with me. Wash, mended, stretched. Wash, mended, stretch. Now, usually, Deacon Harry, their custom was to fish at night. Why? Because it was in the dark of night that the fish would come A, to the surface, and B, close to the shore. So generally, when they fished, they fished at night near the shore. Huh? Washed, mended, stretch. Mended means if there are any holes, got to be stitched up, sewed up. Wash meant that if there was brackish water, that's what we used to call it back in the day, or salt water, you had to, had to wash that net with fresh water or otherwise your net would rot. And Adrian, if your net began to rot, can't be stretched. I need four people. Wash, mend stretch. Elder Jean, Elder Jean, I don't know if, if, if they know it or not, but, but all of us in here, if we're naming the name of Jesus, should every day be washed in the word of the Lord. Can I get a witness over here? How many of you know you need to be washed in the word, washed in the word, washed in the word? You need word to, 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 to wash through your mind, to, to get the nasty, rotten thoughts out of your mind. When you're washed in the word, it gets rid of the perverse things. When you're washed in the word, you can forgive people easier. When you're washed in the word, you don't hold on to mess. I feel like I'm losing my audience. So I'm not going to do this by myself. Look at your neighbor and ask your neighbor, neighbor, have you ever been guilty of just holding on to mess? I know y'all don't believe me, but holding on to too much mess will change how you look. It will change your facial expression. It will change your attitude. Holding on to the wrong stuff will change your disposition. Folk can tell they don't want to be around you. Oh, here she come with some. Wash, mended, stretch. Not only was it necessary for, for the nets to be washed, the nets needed to be mended. Here's the deal, Lonnie. Let's just assume that, that Cheever, Anthony, and Perry went out fishing last night. They fished all night. They didn't catch anything, but they were dragging the nets. 
on the bottom. There are rocks down there. There are all types of debris. There are things to cut the net. And in the event you should come up on a fish or two, the last thing you want is to lose that fish because you didn't properly mend your net. Now here's the one that nobody's going to amen. Wash, mend it. It's the stretching that some of us don't want to be bothered with. Sometimes in order to grow you, God's got to stretch. In order for you to start walking in the mature things of God, Stacy, every now and then, you got to be stretched. You get stretched, Dawn, with the trials of life. You get stretched when you have to encounter people you thought you could trust and you find out otherwise. You get stretched when you got more bills than you got money. You get stretched when you got to deal with the vicissitudes of life. You get stretched. But if you're going to be the man of God or the woman of God, God called you to be, every day you're going to be washed, you're going to be mended, and you're going to be. Now, before I go any further, I, I need to take a 20-second break. How many of you have some serious experience in having been stretched? Stretched till you cried. Stretch to your hurt. Stretch to you felt like you were all by yourself. Stretch to the limit of trying to do when, when your resources were limited. Stretch to the point where you give of yourself. And, and the more you do, the, the less appreciated you seem to be taken. Stretched. If I'm preaching just a little bit, look at somebody and tell them, stretch. So when Jesus asked Peter to push out just a little bit, Peter was on the shore washing and mending and stretching his nets. And so Jesus preaches or teaches or whatever it is he did, Dominique. And he, he's, he's done. And now he turns his attention, Matt, Matt, to Peter. Not even thinking about it, Shirley, not even thinking about it, Peter was obedient. Now here's, here's where I need my, 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 my I, here's where I need the temple nation. Because if y'all don't get this, you missed the message. John, do you not know that we can be obedient and not be prepared? I'll wait on y'all. Because nobody gave it any thought, Erms. But, 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 but uh, Peter's down there washing nets and mending nets and stretching nets. Jesus comes and says, let me hold your boat. Peter pushes him out a little bit. And, and, and Jesus is teaching. And, and, and I, I can't help but when I read this, see, obviously, Peter continued while he was listening to Jesus to wash and mend and stretch. 
Watch this, LaDonna. Watch this. Watch this, Sarge. And Jesus told Peter to launch out into the deep. I'm so glad that Peter didn't cop an attitude with Jesus. Now, I know this sounds simple, but it's, let's go beneath the surface just a little bit. You see, right, Peter's a fisherman. James is a fisherman. John is a fisherman. Andrew, as a matter of fact, seven of the 12 disciples were fishermen by trade. So they may not have known a whole bunch of other stuff, but they knew fishing. I'm, I'm going slow because you need to get this. Jesus was not a fisherman by trade. If anything, Jesus was. He was a carpenter because he trained under his dad, Joseph, before Joseph died. But here comes this woodworking, cabinet-making, hammer-using, nail-driving, telling these professionals Fishermen, how to fish. The Bible says in, in, in verse 4, he said, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out, launch out, whatever your translation says, into deep water. And, and here's a promise I bet you missed. And let down your nets for a catch. In, in other words, Twan, what he's saying is if you do what I tell you. You with me, Sister Putney? If you do what I say, here's what's going to happen. Oh, my God. Washing and, and, and mending and stretching. And then I get a promise. Washing and mending and stretching. Oh, I'm sorry. Washing and mending and stretching and being obedient. Because you told me to push out a little bit. I did. And now you're telling me to launch out into the deep. And again, he's going to be obedient. But let me back this up. Pam because what if even in his obedience what if he hadn't finished washing and mending and stretching see you can be obedient and not be ready I'm trying to close some of y'all ain't, ain't feeling me. I'm sorry. I'm doing the best I can. Look at your neighbor and ask your neighbor, are you ready for your? I don't know what your finances look like, but maybe you're in need of a miracle. I don't know what your relationships are right now, but maybe you're in need of a miracle. I don't know what you're struggling with, but maybe you're in need of a miracle. My formula to you this morning is yes you've got to be obedient to God but you've also got to be prepared and you cannot be prepared unless you have been washed and mended 
Am I making just a little? If I was Lil Wayne and I was up here, how many of y'all would be clapping and go along with me? No. Tyrone Davis? No. The Temptations? Well, I ain't none of them. <laughs> here we go. I'm closing. I'm closing. Are you ready? Are you ready for your miracle? Let me tell you something. First and foremost, miracles do happen. Miracles do occur. Cal, God is a miracle worker. He delves in miracles and signs and wonders. God is overseer, a healer. God is a way maker out of no way. God will lift up your bow down head. God will give you strength for your journey. And those of you that are dealing with bereavement, he'll take every tear, analyze them, and comfort you in the midnight hour and let you know that I've never left you. I'm right there. He's a miracle worker. I want to preach, but y'all got the breaks on me today. Some, see, some of you won't amen the fact that God is a miracle worker, but you're playing the lottery every week. You're waiting on the cash dish and the... Because guess what? If you're playing that, you're expecting a... Oh, I get it, Tanya. You want the miracle. Boo-boo. But you don't want to be washed. And mended and stretched. Real Christians know that you got to go through to get to. You've got to trust God in your darkness. you got to trust God in your trials. All he's doing is stretching you and getting. Let me, let me get to my point. Jesus says, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for I catch when I started this message, when I started this, when I started this, Cynthia, I told you that Peter and the boys weren't in the boats. They were on the shore. They were washing and they were mending and they were stretching their nets. That's what they were doing. But look at what Jesus is saying to them in verse 7. I'm sorry, in verse What's that? Five? I can't see. Five. Four. Put out in deep water. And I bet I bet y'all three dollars. Y'all missed this. Put out in the deep water. Put out in the deep water. And let down what? Oh, there. Did you get it? You didn't, you didn't, no, you didn't get it. If, if Jesus told them to let down their nets, that meant that they had to pick their nets up off the shore and put it back. So you got to have faith. You got to have faith. Now, 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 now. It, it, it almost sounds contrary. I'm going to read it. I'm going to see if you got it. Look at verse 5. I'm about through. I'm about through. Netta, the Bible says, Simon said to Jesus, he called him master. 
And I told you from the outset when Jesus uh, uh, gave this message, he gave it setting down. So he was a master teacher. He, he didn't say salt life. He didn't say big time fisherman. He didn't say real master. He said master teacher. Now I can almost extract a little sarcasm out of that. We work hard all night and caught. Can I take my glasses off for a minute? There are some people call themselves deacons. Don't want to work. Want to show up, be seen, carry the title, but aren't willing to roll up their sleeves and grab a towel. And they're always, I ain't talking about y'all, looking for an excuse so as not to do. Here's the excuse. Master, we have toiled all night. Ain't caught nothing. Can I use bad English? We haven't caught a thing. And there are people right now, if and I'm, I'm just kidding. That, that, that's leadership across the board. Well, heck, for that matter, it's pew and lay, laity as well. If God called you right now to do something, you wouldn't be ready because you've not been washed. You've not been mended. And Lord knows you've not been stretched because at the first sign of trouble, you want to tuck tail and run. But real Christians don't run uh, uh, when things get difficult. See, when the Going gets tough. It's the tough that get going. You got to go through. I wish I had somebody to preach to right now. You got to go through some things and still keep a smile on your face. Is there anybody here that can say, Bishop, I've been through some rough times. I've had some experiences with people right here in this church. But you know what? I'm not going to let anything or anybody stop me from giving God my best God's been too good to me I'm going to praise him on my good days I'm going to praise him on my bad days I'm going to praise him when they like me I'm going to praise him when they don't like me Master we, we what's the point What's, what's, what's the use? Whitman, why? I mean, come on, dude. We done worked all night. We, we got this. This is, this is our profession. This is our vocation. Heck, this is what we do. And then, Cal, you got the audacity to come and tell me to fish against the fishing schedule? Anybody knows anything about fishing know that we fish at night and we fish in the shallows. Can I, can I help somebody? Some of you haven't gotten your miracle because you're afraid to leave the shallows. 
Sometimes that job opportunity comes up and you know, I don't know if I should do. It might be God's opportunity for you. But in order for you to walk in that thing, you're going to have to be willing to go against the grain, go against tradition, go against what you. First of all, you're getting advice from the wrong people. How are you going to get an advice about deep water fishing amongst folk that all they ever know is staying on the shore? We fished all night. We've taken nothing. We're tired. Don't you see me washing? When you came up, you asked to use my boat. I was washing and mending and stretching. Ah, I want to preach. God, I want to preach. I want to preach. Nevertheless, Sister Rosetta, I hear you. Watch this. It don't make sense to me. But nevertheless, I wouldn't do it. Just dry long show. But nevertheless. It goes against my custom. It goes against my training. When all of us, me and Cheever and Perry, say all of us were in fishing school, they never taught us that. But because you said it, And the reason I know Peter took him to heart was because if he was washing nets on the shore when Jesus started the message and then Jesus tells him to launch out in the deep before he launched, he had to get the nets back in place. But watch this. When the nets were back in place, you know what they were? They were washed. They were mended. And they were, in other words, he was ready for his miracle oh y'all know I'm preaching a little bit so they get out in the deep <laughs> in the day in the deep in the day fishermen fished in the shallows at night but Jesus said, go out in the deep in the day. And obedience is better than sacrifice. And I thank God that even though, one more thing, I got to let it go, Stacy. Even though physically they were tired. Peter was trying to get this out of the way. He knew it was something he had to do because when night comes, we're going to try it again. You know, I'm tired. I'm weary. Let me get these nets mended and, and stretched and washed and I'm going to go catch a quick nap from Mrs. Peter and mother-in-law and them and I'm going to be right back out here tonight trying to, to make a living. But, 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 Jesus said, launch out into the deep and catch a big draw. Now, I'm going to get in trouble for this. Lord knows I am. But the truth of the matter is, Sister Christmas, God can do more for me than the lottery ever could. God can do more for me than me getting cash, this, that. I, I ain't got to scratch nothing in order for God to bless me. But I do have to be. So they launch out into the deep. And the Bible says, in verse da, 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 6, 
when they did what the Lord said, they caught a great number of fish. I'm going to see if y'all was paying attention. And the Bible says, and their nets. And one of the reasons why I'm in the CSB is because of the wording. My translation says, the nets began. Now, what if those nets hadn't been washed, hadn't been mended, and most importantly, hadn't been stretched? What if those nets, Elder D, what, what if those nets were rotting? You can't, you can't catch no big load of fish with no rotting nets. Look at somebody and tell him he needs to bring it home because he's, he's losing his energy. No, I'm not. I'm fine. The nets began to tear. The nets began to tear. Got one more point. How many closes I got today? The Bible says in verse 7, remember there were two boats. They signaled to their partners. Check your role. Are those, are those folks sitting next to you your partners or those just other church members you happen to see on a Sunday morning? You know their face, but y'all ain't no partners. See, your partners when you connect in something. Your partners when you pray together. Your partners when you're willing to worship together. Sometimes it's all right for your partner to see your tears when you're thanking God for all that he is and all that he does in your life your partner ought to be able to feel your pain if they're going through you're there for them if you're going through they're there for you your partner when you are partners with somebody you share a common goal but that just that just kind of 86 half the church right there well why do you say that because I promise you, on everything holy, there are some people, if you're catching a big, what we used to call in the country, mess of fish, you don't even want other folk to know where you was fishing. I mean, I need to see the hands of, of, of 14 folk that, that grew up in the country know what I'm talking about. If you're fishing and you're fishing and you're at the creek, you're at the river, wherever you are, and you, you catch three or four good-sized fish and that person down the way looking at you, then they want to try to inch closer and you're saying, to them, why is they trying to come all up under me? And all of a sudden, this is my spot. You get all possessional. I don't know why they have all up under me. Because you want them all for your and we're the same way in church. 
when the anointing of the Lord begins to flow, not only do I want it, but I want everybody around me to get it. I want everybody on my pew. I want folk behind me. I want folk in front of me. Ain't nothing wrong getting your praise on. Ain't nothing wrong with shouting over the fact that the Lord raised you from your sick bed. There's nothing wrong with shouting, Wanda, over the fact that he made a way out of no way. Can somebody shout right now over the fact that God opened some doors for you? And guess what? You ought to be ready and willing and happy to share with your partner. Because guess what? What he done for others. Peter, when Peter, when Peter recognized that his nets were about to break, he signaled for the other boat. Now that's that I'm gonna save that for another Sunday. I really, we really need to preach about the folk in the other boat. See, sometimes you can get a blessing because you're hooked up with the right people. I leave you with this. I leave you with this. What if Peter, Aline, what if Peter hadn't been diligent in washing and mending and stretching his nets? Well, Cal, I'm talking to you because you're standing and, and this, this blows my mind because in all probability, this is the biggest catch Peter ever caught. He ain't never had no take like this one. You know why? Because, and the reason I call it the biggest catch is because it was unorthodox. It went against the grain. It was not common. It was not ordinary. Nobody fished in the day in the deep. But because Jesus told him to do it, Peter's learning something much bigger than fishing. The man that just used my vessel is in control of heaven and earth. He can speak to a school of fish and tell them all you big fish come with me there's about to be a net cast over and when that net cast over I want y'all to fill up that net until the nets begin to break I can't prove it but I believe with my whole heart if Peter's nets had not been in tip top condition he would have lost Don't, 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 don't come back. Don't come back, Cal, talking to me about the one that got away. Because if you ain't, if you didn't have your phone with you and you didn't take no picture, I don't want to hear that lie. How big was he? He was this big. And I've asked you 10 minutes later how he was this big. And I asked you an hour later, Charlie was that But because the nets were washed, mended, and stretched, they were able 
to hold the catch. And even with that, the nets began. There's a difference between beginning to break and breaking. Like Peter, beginning to fall, cried out, Lord, save me. But before he went down, Jesus picked him up. Verse 7 says, so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came, wow, and filled both boats so full, never mind the net, the boat is about to sink. I ain't got no hoop. David's ready. I'm going to disappoint him. But I, I, leave you, I leave you with this. I'm picking at you because we bonding today. If it had been you, let's say you caught a, 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 a 10 pound bass. Tanya's going to have to find some place on the wall because he's going to the taxidermy. Or, or if it's Elder Turner, uh, uh, he's gonna he's gonna have to he's gonna get a trophy because he he was in a tournament and he won. Or if it was uh, the young man with my name, uh, he would he would paint a picture. Yeah, he 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 paint a portrait, an abstract with a bunch of fish. They would all do something to commemorate what happened. But look in your text. Am I preaching a little bit? Look in your text. The Bible says when they caught all these fish. David, do you know what they did? They left every last one of them. When, when they got back to shore, Peter ran up to Jesus, fell down on his knees and said, please depart from me. Because I don't even deserve to be in your presence. That's the type of humility we need to have when we come into the Lord's presence. When we're in the Lord's presence, you're, you're not talking to him like your homeboys. What up, God? You know, no, don't do that. You humble yourself. Bible says in verse 8, when Peter saw this. He fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me because I am a sinful man. For he and all those with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, Zebedee's sons, who were Simon's partners. Don't be afraid, Jesus told Peter. From now on, you will continue to fish but you won't be catching fish. You'll be catching men or people. Then they brought their boats to the land, left everything. I'm just imagining, shoot, everybody in this section over here, this section, up, all y'all to the wall. Y'all was out there listening to Jesus preach. Y'all watched the whole thing. 
Y'all saw Peter fall down on his knees. Y'all heard Jesus say, from now on, you're not going to be catching fish. You're going to be catching men. And y'all stood right there and watched. And when Jesus walked off, Peter, Andrew, James, John, Sister Miller, all of the workers with them, they left everything and followed Jesus. Which meant then, Oh, you thought I forgot. That there were two boats full of fish. Laverne Taylor would have been leading the charge. Grab a basket, grab a net, grab this. We can't let all this fish go to work. And, and, and that's well and fine. Because everybody was around benefited from the catch. But nobody benefited more than Peter, James, John, Andrew. Because they learned that when you trust God, expect a miracle. Can we close right there? When you trust God. Expect a miracle. I'm going to end where I began. Look at three people and ask them, are you ready for your miracle? And, and if they look at you and nod their head and smiling because we're in church, don't stop there. Ask them if you're ready. Then the next question is, have you been washed? Have you been mended? Thank you so much for listening in to the Temple of Glory podcast. I know the word have been a blessing to you. We'll see you again soon.